I noticed that just keeping myself active outside of like just work I guess just going to the gym or even like just going for a walk even um, it just stimulates my mind and just keeps me keeps me going Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba and I will be your host for today's episode. I started this podcast back in 2020 when I found myself reaching out to folks from various backgrounds, having inspiring and enlightening conversations. I got to chat with people like this. So I am a mechanic. I'm a nurse. I'm a registered nurse. I recently graduated in June. I love um, presenting, being in front of people, advising clients on work. So that was definitely something that was a big motivator. I used to be a competitive hip-hop dancer for eight years of my life. I ended up working at Medieval Times for the last three years. I'm a software engineer at Instacart. I've been starting on being a content creator. I am a finance and accountant professional by trade. I have this side hustle of baking cakes and cupcakes and desserts. I think a lot of us have redirected our dreams and our ideas of what we thought we were going to accomplish these like next two years, three years. Everyone has a unique thing about them and we need to share powerful narratives with people, especially during today's climate and world. And there you have it. So if you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Okay, thanks so much for joining me today, Shaunak. I'm so honored to have you on my podcast recording this episode with me live, kids. It's good to be here, Shiva, and I'm excited for what lies ahead. Aw. Okay, so I'm going to start by asking you the most, like, basic question that I ask, like, all my uh, all my guests, which is, like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what have you been up to? What's your story? Like, basically, what's the spice to your life? Um, so I graduated last year from the University of Toronto. I did material science and engineering. Um, and I actually have my good friend, Julian, here, listening in. Do you want to say hi, Julian? Yo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we graduated together last year from Material Science and Engineering at UFD. Um, so as of now, I've been working for just over a year at a company called DPM Energy. Uh, it's a utility consulting firm uh, working with large-scale infrastructure projects in, in the GTA, so like the Greater Toronto area. And aside from that, I've because of COVID, I haven't been able to do much, but surprisingly has been a pretty pretty busy year, I would say, in terms of just working out at home, going to the beach, just, I guess, staying and watching movies and hanging out with my girlfriend, Aarti. Okay. I mean, it sounds like you are doing a lot, but anyways, my next question is, what is one thing about yourself that people might be surprised to learn? And this is something that we could have not necessarily, like, searched up about you on LinkedIn or Instagram or, like, whatever. Is there, like, a quirky hobby that you have or just, like, something that you're like, ooh, this is my nice party trick, bring this out when I'm meeting new people to, you know, <laughs> to talk about? Um, not really, but, like, I guess just from looking at me, I don't think people can tell that I could do 100 push-ups. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. I yeah. forgot about that. Okay. Well, so now I know that you, like, mentioned that you're working at DPM Energy, and I obviously invited you onto this podcast so we can, like, primarily talk about your career, but we're also going to talk a little bit about your schooling, your education. So let, let's start with school. So you went to University of Toronto to become an engineer. So what kind of engineer are you, and why did you choose it? Okay, um, okay, let me start from high school, I guess. So 
at the end of high school, I went for a trip with, I guess, a few of my, my classmates. I was, it was organized from my high school, but it was to the Space Academy at NASA in, in Huntsville in Alabama. So, yeah, when I went there, that's when I actually got, got really interested in like the aerospace industry. So I decided to do, uh, I guess, choose a field of engineering that would most closely align with taking me into the field of aerospace eventually. Um, so when I did my research, I found that it was either mechanical, electrical, or materials. And I guess materials was just the most different from, I guess, from what everyone else does. So that's why I decided to go into materials. Oh, that's, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, well, so what exactly is like materials engineering? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, to the okay. layman, what, what does that even mean? Um, you studying materials like wood and stuff? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the easiest way to explain it, in my, in my opinion, would be is thinking of it as a bottom-up approach to mechanical engineering. So it's a mixture of mechanical and chemical engineering, and what it is is basically just analyzing stuff from the bottom up. So mechanical engineers look at making I guess manufacturing products using machines whereas we look at the materials that they use to manufacture the products yeah oh okay um so you're an engineer but you don't code um not really I mean I know excel like VBA but like that's, that's oh, okay that's like bitchy code uh, okay okay so they didn't teach I'm just out of curiosity no, they no, didn't no, actually didn't. teach you that oh uh, we did a bit in first year but like it was like very basic like oh, okay not, not something I would like I remember it was like I, I can't even remember the program. I think it was like C or C++, but oh, okay. I, I pretty much skipped all my classes in first year, so uh, I wouldn't okay. know. <laughs> um, and yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about like the coursework? Like, what, like, were there any particular classes that stood out to you that you really liked? Or were there any classes that you didn't like? Like, I just want to know a little bit more about your educational background. Um, so there was one of my professors, his name was um, uh, Professor Glenn Hibbert. So his courses were like the ones that stood out the most to me because he just he just brought a different brought a different dynamic to to his teaching and just the coursework. So it was uh, it was called the emergence phenomenon, man. It was basically just like taking different. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like different things in the universe that range from like the smallest of sizes, so like an atom, all the way up to like I guess the size of the, the solar system. And they all are like interlinked in some in some form or the other, and actually. As I, as I introduced my good friend Julian to you, so the two of us had a project in his course where we analyzed how different chewing gums have different consistency and why they are the way they are. And it just, it was just a weird and but fun course. So that was one, I guess, professor and course that stood out. And the course I hated the most would be, I didn't actually hate it towards the end because I ended up passing it, but back in first year, first semester, I failed this course called mechanics and it's only because I didn't attend any of the any of the lectures and uh, yeah by the time the exam rolled around I didn't know anything about it so oh, okay I hated it back then but as I when I had to repeat the course I got a hang of it so it was it was actually a lot better than expected oh of yeah. course I feel like of course you'd like this guy that talks about the universe and yeah, like no, random sure, things yeah. like it was it was just like something I didn't like I, I don't think any of us expected us to like you know like just be analyzing chewing gum in like an engineering yeah. course like it, yeah. just, it was just really random but yeah it was fun oh well, that's awesome and yeah thanks for sharing your interesting your your background especially like just like somebody like me like i know literally well i don't really know much about engineering and then i particularly know nothing about like materials engineer so yeah um now i want to talk a little bit more about like your job and i feel like everybody usually has like a very interesting story about how they landed at their current job like, like tell us your tell us your story Okay, so my current job wouldn't, 
I guess I didn't really actually interview for the job I have right now. I interviewed for the internship that I had a year before my full-time position that I'm that I have right now. So back uh, during I guess our co-op experience year, which is called PEY um, for engineers, I was applying for jobs um, starting from the fall of 2017 all the way up to like the summer of 2018, and I had like maybe a handful of interviews and nothing was clicking. And right, I guess around May of 2018 or something, or June of 2018 actually, I had an interview with DPM, which is my current company, and um, they offered me a job as, a, as an intern, just as a financial analyst, I guess, uh, was what my role was as an intern. And uh, yeah, I took the job because I guess it was the only one that I had on the table at that point. And everything just happened really, start, like, really quick. And I was working with DPM, and over the year and a bit that I worked with them, for my internship, I actually really liked the work culture that they had, the people that I worked with, and yeah, just, just what the company did in general. So when I went back uh, into my final year after my internship, I reached out to my, my manager and I asked him if he had any full-time opportunities like coming up and he's like, yeah, he'd be, he'd be willing to take me back. So that's how oh. I got my job, yeah. Wait, you, so you worked and then you went back to school and yeah. then, so you stayed in touch with your manager or something? Or like, uh, what did you do? You, you like didn't, didn't talk to him for a year and then you're like, hey, remember me? Uh, I didn't really, talk, I mean, actually I didn't talk to them for, I, I would say half a year and then actually he was they were the one who reached out asking like what my plans were after graduation oh wow they yeah. really liked you yeah so like it was me and another intern with me like the two of us at the internship together so they reached out to both of us asking us what our plans were for after graduation and we both like weren't really like didn't really have anything concrete at that point and then it was just I, I guess back then we didn't know what COVID was but this was in February of 2020 so like just a month before the pandemic so yeah like i was still applying for other jobs at that point but when when march rolled around and like everything was shutting down i i just thought like i'd go back right and i actually didn't mind it because it was it was a pretty good job and a good opportunity okay and this i like picked out right from their from their website so it says dpm energy provides a full range of power system engineering solutions to meet the needs of municipalities utilities and the developer market what the heck does that mean? Like, can you explain what, like, I don't understand. Like, the average person like me reading that reads it and we're just like, oh my gosh, that's just a bunch of big words. No. So can you tell me exactly, like, can you break it down for me? For sure. So back when I first interviewed with DPM, I didn't really understand what they did when I went in for the interview because I looked at the website and I was like, okay, I don't know what, what they do. Um, but obviously, like, now I do because it's my job. Uh, so basically what that means is, or what DPM does is um, where approved consultants of Toronto Hydro. Um, so in Toronto specifically, we work on any, I guess, new building or a new house or a new new infrastructure project. Like if you're building a new subdivision, which is just a bunch of houses, if you need power to your house, we would basically prepare the designs for you, like the electrical and the civil designs for you. And okay. uh, we, we basically help you out with getting those approved through the, the LDC, which is the local distribution company that governs that area. So in Toronto, it's Toronto Hydro. Um, and then like, and uh, Vaughan, it would be Electra, and Mississauga, it would be Electra. It's like different uh, distribution companies, different municipalities, dif- depending on the area. So yeah, like depending on the area you're in, which is, we cover all of GTA. So we would just basically, yeah, prepare the designs and assist you with getting that approved for your project. And then you can, then we eventually outsource the construction work to a construction firm. And we handle coordination with the construction firm just to ensure that all the work is done properly. Oh, I see. And when you say we, is that like, is that your job? Uh, So my job specifically, um, so I'm currently hired as a project analyst. 
so um, it's a bit of like analyzing like the financial data of of all our projects um, but because of um, because of the amount of work we have like the, the amount of projects that we have on the go like um, I do have some pro project man manager responsibilities as well so I have currently around I would say like 20 to 30 at least projects under under myself under my portfolio and what I do is just make sure that it gets from start to finish um, on time and we meet our budget that we had planned out initially so yeah my job is basically just talking to the client making sure that their schedule aligns with what we have in mind just making sure that um, the schedule isn't delayed because obviously when it comes to building a new building like I'm sure everyone's aware that it takes architects, civil engineers, electrical engineers, just a bunch of different groups working in tandem to get the project done successfully. So yeah, it's just our, my job is specifically in making sure that the schedules stay in, stay in order. Okay. Yeah. And my, I guess like, I have like two questions. So the first question is, are all your clients like, I guess like architecture, engineering savvy? And the reason I'm asking is like, how do you basically break down like these ideas, your ideas of your power plan or like whatever you're laying out like mm -hmm. how do you explain these ideas to an audience that's like unfamiliar with the topic or the industry so um, actually majority of our clients um, aren't even uh, people in the in the field of, of engineering I would say so it could be any any person out there I'd say tomorrow if I buy a piece of land and I want uh, I want to build a house on there and I want to connect it to, to Toronto Hydro's you know any hydro comp uh, hydro company's grid I would I wouldn't really know much about the engineering behind all of it. So I, in that case, I would hire someone like DPM to help me out with that process. So where so DPM is my consultant, and they'll be giving me advice as to how to proceed with the different I guess the different obstacles that come along the way. So um, yeah, no. So in terms of like explaining the project from DPM's perspective to a client like me, or like basically to someone that doesn't know, it would basically just. It would just be like walking them through the because there's set standards in place that we have to follow for every like type of project right so you can't really deviate much from what's written in in the books i guess so in that case like it's pretty by the book and you just explain that to the client and tell them that this is what we need to get done before this happens and stuff like that and then eventually the client just gets a hand with it oh it sounds like the client just straight up trusts you fully oh yeah pretty pretty i mean not because Okay, so me personally, I manage uh, so Toronto Hydro is one of our clients. So basically, it's it's going to be a bit complicated, I guess, to explain. But how it works is if I buy or if I have a house in Toronto and if I want to connect or even upgrade my service to my house, right? Say I have a two hundred ampere service or whatever coming to my house and I want to upgrade it to like four hundred amps or whatever, I would need to reach out to Toronto Hydro to do that. So because we're one of the approved consultants, like DPM is one of the approved consul uh, consultants, Toronto Hydro would in turn reach out to us to do the design for them on their behalf. So in that case, the person who's actually asking for the upgrade isn't really our direct client. Toronto Hydro becomes our client. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how, like, that's those are majority of my projects. So that's why I deal with, um, I guess, a group of people at Toronto Hydro, which is called the Customer Office and Sustainment Group, which, like, short for COS. So that's what that's the department I deal with. So majority of my projects are with Toronto Hydro, uh, but the actual end client is the the layman, like the person doesn't okay. know. So I guess any explanation they go through Toronto Hydro, so they're the ones who explain it to them, and then we're just they're assisting Toronto Hydro with the design. Okay, I got yeah. it. So what happens though? Like I feel like especially now with COVID, like things are a bit slower do you think would you say or a bit slower or like faster or they, the same? Were, they did slow down i guess last winter because i mean 
first of all like the summer like i would say from may to like september october is like the busiest period for us um and then it does it doesn't really slow down but it's slower compared to summer um but last year it did slow down a bit because obviously like uh when it goes when projects go out to construction we couldn't actually have construction or we couldn't meet on site to see if everything was being done properly and stuff like that so yeah stuff did slow down but um at this point it's it's busier than ever because everyone who got the backlog last year because of covid are all gearing up to get their stuff done now so okay. we just have a bunch of projects there's just a lot of stuff on the go and yeah it's 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 tough it's, like, yeah it's i can imagine yeah. but like i was just like wondering because like okay if now everything's like ramped up like doesn't that also kind of leave lo- room f- to make mistakes or errors and i feel like in your industry like a mistake or error would be very expensive so like does that happen to you often and if it does how do you guys like what do you do how do you troubleshoot um it, it does happen off often like very often actually but um in terms of in terms of like yeah how expensive it is it it, it varies depending on again like as most people are aware like electricity can be fed overhead or underground so depending on if the infrastructure is overhead it's a lot cheaper than if it were to be underground it's almost like maybe of a fourth or a fifth of the price of like i guess the price difference between the two so um yeah it it depends on what the issue is and that would i guess correlate to the cost of cost of fixing it but in terms of errors yeah we have like quality assurance like qaqc processes in place like we go through like a bunch of reviews internally and obviously because we submit our designs need to be approved by the local distribution company that we submit to like they review it on their end do they approve the design too and yeah like chances are at the end of like six reviews like you wouldn't expect something to be missed but yeah like you would, you'd be shocked yeah it still happens so oh okay yeah like it and if it happens at the end then all i mean and, and at least for me like all i do is like get shit from the client cuz okay. at the end of the day like we're the ones who mess up their schedules and they don't really know that the like me as a person i'm not the one who caused the error but cuz i'm the one i'm the client facing person like we're the ones who get yelled at i guess so but yeah like in terms of correcting mistakes like yeah if something happens at the end then we just have to make sure that we get people off everything else and onto that one thing to fix it and oh, okay. that's how we deal with like issues that come up last minute i see um and how do you like deal with like the boring stuff or like the boring routines or ta- or like tasks that are like required of like the engineer project manager like reporting for example like i do a lot of reporting i i honestly like dread beginning of every month like as much as i love growth and moving forward in life like i dread the beginning of every month because i'm like oh no you have to do your like monthly report yeah, so how do you like cope like how do you manage that or like how do you deal with like yeah um so there were there's actually like one thing that we have to do like it's a recurring process that we have to do every month it's called it's called the whips so it's just our work in progress reports um so it basically is just a list of all my projects um it shows me what my I guess what my fee is that I've charged the client, how much we've spent so far on the project, and how much I can. I mean, and basically, it's just I need to like tell the accountant how much we can invoice for that particular project. So it's one thing that comes up every month that that we have to do and get out to the accounting team, and it takes. So I have around 160, 170 pages of whips. So oh my gosh! It me, <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a lot. So yeah, it takes me around like recently. It's been taking me close to like six or seven hours. OMG when you said whips there's just one report I like was under the impression it's like no, some it's short like, it's a, it's my <laughs> it's <a> book <laughs> it is a book pretty much and I'm not even the one that has the most so oh, no. I'm like yeah so like um yeah it took, took me like it takes you around 6 to 7 hours to do that but it's just once a month so 
what I do is just one day I choose the day that I have the least meetings or like no meetings. Uh, put my status on team says do not disturb. Just put on music oh. and just do my whips. That's that's it. That's it. one day reserved oh, okay. for that every month. Yeah. Take notes, kids. Coming straight from the engineer himself. <laughs> um, so you're also like you're also your project manager on this, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I get my my position is for, like it's formally called project analyst, but yeah, okay. like I guess some of the responsibilities like do overlap. For okay, sure. I see. So how did you like develop or build your leadership skills before this role? Um, so um, just so people are people know uh, a bit more about myself like uh, back in I wouldn't even say high I would say actually high school like I ha- I hated like public speaking I, ha- I had a fear you I had, did yeah I, have, I had the stage fright I wouldn't speak in front of like maybe even like 10 people wow um, and look and at me speaking in front of an audience today kids <laughs> yeah so when I came to university um, in first year like I had maybe just one presentation that I had to do all year and I like pretty much like was really nervous for that one and somehow managed to get through it by memorizing the script I guess now uh, but over time like when you're trying to ex- explain like engineering stuff to people that don't really understand engineering stuff like you kind of can't go by by a script you have to like tone it down or make them understand it in their language so I'm um, just trying to do that over like three or four years of, of, of school uh, basically got me to open up in terms of like speaking to people and stuff like that so uh, right now like yeah that's that's pretty much i don't really i don't really know when it happened or when it clicked or when it changed but it just did and i'm, I'm glad it did oh so, yeah. what a wholesome story oh so nice um also what is something about working in the energy sector that you want to debunk for everybody listening uh i actually don't know what debunk means <laughs> debunk or like like demystify um like something that people think, oh yeah, you work in the energy sector, you must do so and so and so. But it's like in real life, it's like no. Okay, so like I, a stereotype, basically. I don't know. People probably assume that I am one of those like cable po- power line workers, like people out there every day, or wearing those like fluorescent jackets. Like a construction all. worker. A construction worker, but you know the people who works on the electric uh, yeah. electricity lines who like okay. you know like basically, um, if there's a fault or if something blows up, they go out on site and like try to like fix the fault. I'm, that's basically what people assume um, most people do in the electric or like even the energy sector, but it's 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 not even close to what what I do. Like okay. that's based that's that that's a separate field, um, and those are like um, just those are construction contractors who mainly do that kind of work. But mine's pretty much a desk job. Like I just I'm at okay. work like on a desk pretty much like ninety percent of the time. I do have to go out on site. Sometimes, but that just mainly to meet clients and the developers and just the, just the uh, the rest of the project team, just so we're all aware as to what's going on on site and we're all aligned. But aside from that, yeah, I'm not someone who goes out and fixes cables when ah, they okay. break down. Yeah. Okay. And has working in the energy sector <clears throat> changed your view on like how you like live life, like in terms of like sustainability and like all that like hippie stuff? Um. No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, that's fair. So what resources do you use to keep up with like the newest engineering technology and developments and everything? Um, not I don't really try to keep up with any of the new developments in the field. Nothing. Um, nothing <laughs> literally nothing. Like I just look stuff like just the news or, like just like I don't know like Jeff Bezos went to space like okay, oh, like, oh. nice. Oh, you're still keeping in touch with your like space aerospace oh, yeah, no, interest. Sure. So is yeah. that still the goal even after now working at DPM and doing materials is that still a goal like it, it is still a goal that's I mean people can't see it but that's what my tattoo was about too uh, but that but recently I've also been uh, like interested in like Formula One or just like en- like automotive stuff um, okay 
been watching a lot of Formula One, and I need to be in Europe to like pursue any of that stuff because that's where all the all the big companies are based off. Yeah. Off, but yeah, that's something I'm I'm looking into too. Oh, okay, and then like transitioning now into like your personal life. Like first of all, tell us about your tattoo since everybody listening cannot see it, so that we have a little uh, bit more backstory, intro story. Okay, how do I explain this? Um, so it's basically a a band which is a it's like a faded band, so that represents the sky. Um, there's a star in the middle of that band, um, which is just a star, and it, there's one bright star out of the rest, and then there is an astronaut about the moon um, or the earth whatever you want to per- perceive it as uh, reaching for the star so what the tattoo is is basically it encapsulate encapsulates my interest for like aerospace engineering or like just the field of aerospace plus it has a quote in it for reach for the stars is a quote i mean the, it's reach for the stars it's like it's oh, like a picture oh, oh so, like you decipher a quote. yeah you decipher <laughs> you decipher the quote of i mean it's for myself like it's not for people to just like understand it's just i just did that for myself but yeah what i wanted from so basically what i wanted in my tattoo was for it to have a band for it I to see. be something like that I, I love like something i've always been interested in and then just the quote that reminds me to like always like aim higher. Oh, okay. So my got all three in one. Oh, I love yeah. that. And can you tell me more about like your interests and hobbies outside of work? Like what what do you, what do you, why and why also is it important to have a hobby or something outside of work? Because I know you do. Um yeah, I I have a lot. I, I have a lot of hobbies. It just I just used to be a really active kid growing up. Um and that's thanks to my parents because then I, I mean it's gonna sound bad right now the way I say it but like they never let me like rest I guess so start just when I was a kid I used to go for like um, play an instrument I used to play the, the keyboard and, and the guitar I used to go for karate so I have a black belt in karate as well what yeah uh, <laughs> oh my gosh I used to go for cricket um, and um, I used to play a lot of cricket actually I played for my my school team I, had, I played academy cricket I played I also got selected for like the UAE under 19 team towards the end and then I also did mental math courses. Mental side. math courses. So it's called UC, UCMAS or UCMAS. So they're just like mental math courses using in the back is. So yeah, I was just really active growing up. So I guess that just stayed with me. And even now, like, it's very hard for me to just like not do anything aside from my usual like routinely stuff that I do every day. So yeah, um, since I moved here, um, I've been, I got into, I got into working out a lot. So maybe at the end of 20 uh, summer of 2017 is when i actually committed to to working out i guess um with a schedule and like with a goal in mind and since then yeah i work out like three to four times a week um then i also play soccer uh in the summer um and in the winter just recently my good friend julian taught me how to snowboard and ski so um yeah like starting this coming winter i i'm probably going to make that um, a routinely thing as well just going snowboarding maybe every couple of weekends or something just nearby so yeah okay and uh, yeah sorry and no, why yeah, yeah exactly i forgot about the power you asked why it's important i think um in terms of like just having a, a mental breakdown i guess you it avoids having a mental breakdown like you just don't want to sit in one place just doing the same thing over and over again because at the end of the day it does get over overwhelming just um just not having a change of scenery so yeah it is it is nice to get out there and, and i i love staying fit and i noticed that just keeping myself active outside of like just work i guess just going to the gym or even like just going for a walk even um it just stimulates my mind and just keeps me keeps me going 
Yeah, and and you feel like this has also helped in your current job given the amount of like responsibility that you have. Like, oh, have yeah, you, no, for sure, you've yeah. noticed improvements and, and stuff in or? school and in and university uh, and in uh, and at work. Yeah, it definitely helps with what I do at school or at work for sure. Yeah. And then I also have like I know that like from everything that we've talked about, and then I also like know you personally like through you know friends. So I know you do have like a strong like work ethic, and you're very disciplined. So I wanted to know like your thoughts and like these two quotes that I read. Um, so like the first one, like I'm pretty sure you've heard both of them, or mm-hmm. at least one of them. The first one is, "Don't bite off more than you can chew," which like we all know. But I actually recently heard another podcast episode where the guest was asked what the best advice she's ever received was and she said bite off more the bite off more than you can chew and chew as fast as you can so i feel like on the one hand biting off more than you can chew leads to you not being able to focus on one thing because you're too busy biting off more than you can chew but on the other hand like the latter i would say would argue that it's better to choke on you know like greatness or too much than just settling for mediocrity or something small so like i just want to know like you're a high achiever you work hard like what is your take on like this that's, these that's actually a pretty, pretty good question um, I don't really know what I agree with there because I mean it's kind of ironic if I were to say don't bite off more than you can chew because I just said that I do a lot of stuff aside from just work uh, but in terms of just um, biting as quick uh, I, I guess chewing as quickly as possible I do agree with that in the sense that you want to try out a bunch of different stuff to see what you're actually good at so I would never not tell anyone to like just try out something different if they really want to but um, yeah it's it's different like to actually be good at something so you should like I guess make that decision early as to whether it's something worth pursuing or not and get out of it if it's not and then that way you only have the stuff that you are either really interested in or something that you think can like get you somewhere in life so I yeah I would agree with like both those statements that like, you start off by chewing as fast as you can but eventually you like kind of slow down and figure out what ah, actually new matters quotes. to you. Yeah, what actually <laughs> matters to you. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. And then this is my final question before we move on to the lightning round. What advice would you give to other people who want to build a career similar to yours? Um, I would say I mean as you said like be disciplined like that's for me at least that's the most important ethic or like quality in myself that I, I, I value uh, just my discipline like if I put my mind to something I I try not uh, not try I actually like never never give up until I either achieve it or if I know that like like I said like if I get to a point where I just know that it's it's impossible for me to get there then yeah like it's not something that I would worth uh, something that's worth pursuing but yeah I would say like never give up and never like I guess underestimate yourself in terms of the talent you have because like I mean you can you can do anything you set your mind to basically yeah oh great and now we're gonna transition into the lightning round are you ready yeah for sure it's time for the lightning round morning person or night owl morning person for profit or not profit not profit your caffeinated beverage of choice dark coffee Black coffee. black? Black coffee, yeah. Um, who was your childhood uh, actor or actress crush? Actor, actress crush. Um, childhood. I don't even remember who acted when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was a Katrina Kef. Katrina Kef. Oh, okay. Um, best advice you've ever received? Never give up. <laughs> and worst advice you've ever received? Give up. 
<laughs> of course. That honestly, that's actually funnily, that's like my worst advice as well. Like, but like when I ask my guests, like, what's the worst advice you've ever received? A lot of them are like, oh, it's so funny that you like. I don't know. Like, I've never thought about that. Yeah. And I always am like, I can give you an example. And my example was like, yeah, when I tried to do something new, like I, when I went to Singapore and I tried to like uh, join the biathlon team or whatever the heck. My first yeah. training with them was so bad, so I like cried. And I told somebody, and then they were like, "If it's too hard, just quit. Just don't exactly. go." Exactly. I was like, "That is the worst thing you can tell somebody. Like, why would you say quit if it's hard?" No, literally, I have the same same situation. Like, one person tells you to like keep going, and one person tells you to give up because you're like kind of stuck in the middle. So yeah, it's like the best and the worst <laughs> advice. Um, what is the last great TV show or movie you watched? Parasite. Oh, that's a good one. Worst job you've ever had? I've. Uh, <laughs> I only had this one job, or I guess worked at this one company, so I wouldn't say it's the worst job, but um, I did actually have an internship back in Dubai where, I, I it actually wasn't even that bad, like it was uh, basically analyzing like endoscopes and seeing why they fail. But what's uh, an endoscope? It's uh, when you go for a colonoscopy, oh, like the, the stuff that you start, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I had to like, some of them like failed at like hospitals and they came to us uh, to Ew. analyze as to why they, as, as to why they failed, so I would say that's the worst job that I've ever had. Not because of like, I guess the job was to like analyze stuff that's been up people's, people's like, bums. <laughs> uh, but um, no, just the fact that I think I just made it bad for myself because I just didn't show up most days. Oh, and I, I just took it took it easy. So that's probably why it was the worst job. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. If you had your own late night talk show, who would you invite as your first guest? Um, Messi. Ooh. Would you rather be, have the ability to teleport or fly? Fly. Would you rather buy a business or start a business? Start a business. Popcorn or M&M's? Popcorn. And if you can magically become fluent in any language, what would it be? Spanish. Spanish? Okay. And final question. If you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? And this is completely open to your interpretation of flavor. People have given me, like, donut flavors. People have given me, like, ice cream flavors. People have, like, made up random things, like dirty socks. Like, whatever Like whatever your interpretation of, like, flavor is. Sweat. So, ew, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> Dutchie. <laughs> okay, so that was awesome. And now to wrap up this episode, we wanted to send you all off with a quote. Shanak, your special guest. I would love it if you could do the honors. I already know what giving up feels like. I want to see what happens if I don't. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much again for like joining me and chatting with me today. And if our listeners are interested in like learning more about you or if they want to connect with you, how is there a way that they can do that? Um, yeah, just look me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, bunch of social media platforms, I guess. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And good luck. Thanks for having me. That was, that was fun. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. I drop bi-weekly episodes, so join me next time for another stimulating and inspiring conversation. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at Keep It Spicy Podcast and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, keep it spicy, yours truly, XX.